Chapter Twelve of Zalba Linda, the Wise Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Zalba Linda, the Wise Witch by Eva Catherine Gibson. Chapter Twelve Annie's Escape and the Fatheads raising her eyes to see what was ahead annie saw at last a faint glimmer of light it grew brighter she could smell new-mown hay at last with a little whirl of the wind she was thrown out upon a pile of newly cut green grass gasping to catch her breath annie looked up and saw the full round moon the face in it had never before seemed to smile so kindly down upon her as it did this night she looked about and saw that she was in a little canyon with high mountains all around it she could not see any houses but right in front of her was a garden with rows of cabbages and some lettuce beds she walked over to look at the garden and suddenly came upon what looked like an army of big fat heads sticking up through the ground these heads had the ugliest faces anyone could imagine light streamed out of the big holes of eyes and they had great grinning mouths with big teeth silvertip was rushing right toward them but annie caught him by the tail and pulled him back then she ran to the hay and sat down hiding her eyes from them a pretty white rabbit was crouching in the hay right beside her and it too was trembling with fear poor bunny are you afraid of the dreadful fat heads bunny sat still and wriggled his nose which was his way of answering yes the three of them crouched down in the shadow of the haycock annie hoped that the fat heads would not see them i suppose we shall have to wait here until morning said annie to her cat don't you dare sir to touch the pretty rabbit oh dear probably we shall all be eaten up by those dreadful fat heads anyhow silvertip did not meow in answer she thought he must be sick and tried to pry open his mouth to look at his tongue he acted as though he had the lockjaw for he kept his teeth shut tightly together but at last she managed to make the cat open his mouth when this was done something rolled out of it and onto the grass annie picked it up and holding it in the moonlight saw to her great surprise that it was the gnome king's signet ring silvertip had picked it up and carried it away in his mouth meaning to lay it finally in the lap of his little mistress oh silvertip you naughty cat said annie i am ashamed of you how could you steal the king's ring at being scolded silvertip grew so wild and restless that he gave one jump at the white rabbit and soon they were both off helter-skelter over the cabbages and right in among the fat heads annie thought it strange that the ugly faces never moved well thought the child if those things don't hurt my cat it may be that they will not hurt me so slowly and cautiously she walked straight up to them then she saw that the light was going out of their eyes she knew then just what they were and was so relieved of her fear 
that she laughed and clapped her hands why they are nothing at all but just some funny jack-o'-lanterns she cried and she was right then silvertip came back from the chase after the rabbit annie took him in her arms and they both lay down upon the new-mown hay to rest until morning it was broad daylight when the little girl awoke from her sleep dew sparkled on the grass and flowers everything smelled sweet and looked cheerful and bright annie was happy for she felt sure that if she could find her way to the enchanted wood and see zalbelinda the great wise witch would tell her the way to get home silvertip had made his toilet early and was out chasing butterflies annie smoothed her hair as well as she could washed her hands and face in the dew and started out to find the inhabitants of this valley wandering along annie finally came to a pretty pond with water so clear she could see the little sunfish darting through it waving their delicate fins the banks that sloped toward the water were grassy and she sat down and rested for a little while pretty soon some ducks came waddling down for their morning swim in the pond and after them came some very white geese with an old gray gander leading them behind them followed a queer-looking chubby little girl driving the ducks and geese when the little goose girl saw annie she stared a moment her big eyes looking so surprised and frightened that annie laughed then she dropped her willow switch and ran as fast as her short legs would carry her and as she ran she screamed with fright stop running so fast i will not hurt you little girl called annie after her the goose girl would not turn around but kept on running well thought annie so far i have not seen a house nor met a man or woman in this valley but there must be people living somewhere around for there are gardens and besides that silly goose girl must live somewhere too annie hurried down the canyon as fast as she could after the girl and silvertip after her what was annie's surprise to see the girl climb quickly up the side of a steep cliff that jutted out from the mountain walls of the canyon and suddenly disappear dear me said annie to herself that is very much like the gnome's way of doing things i do hope that the people who live in this canyon are not relations of the gnomes for i have had all i want of their company she began to feel very lonesome and homesick as well as exceedingly hungry and tired she passed orchards gardens and fields of corn with geese and ducks in them and pastures with cows and sheep feeding but she never saw any houses or people at last completely tired out annie sat down on a boulder to think what she should do she was so hungry that she felt she was nearly starving but there was nothing to eat except raw things there were fine ears of green corn in the field but she had no matches with which to light a fire to roast them as annie sat thinking with her head bent down and her eyes closed she thought she smelled meat something fell into her lap she looked it was a duck roasted and stuffed beside her sat silvertip licking his chops and blinking comically at her annie laughed aloud 
and Silvertip, who had been watching her face, came up and purred and rubbed his head against her knee. Naughty Silvertip, said Annie. First you stole the king's signet ring, and now you steal a roast duck, for you must have stolen it. Nobody would ever give a roast duck to a strange cat. Meow, 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 said Silvertip. Yes, I understand. You mean to say that you stole it to bring it to me, because you love me so much. Of course, I shall have to forgive you this time, but if ever we get back home, you must change your ways and become a good, honest cat, for it is very naughty to steal. Annie was hungry, so she tore off a leg and ate it, and then a wing and ate that. She threw nothing but the bones to Silvertip, who looked hurt and disappointed. But Annie knew that if she let him go without food until he was very hungry, the cat would be apt to sneak slyly back and try to find something more. She meant to watch where he went and follow him, for this seemed to be the only hope of finding the hidden homes of the strange people. As soon as the sun was over the mountain, it began to grow dark, though the moon was rising and lighted the valley softly with its silver beams. Annie called Silvertip. They went back to the hayfield, and pulling the hay over them to keep off the dew, she lay down beside the cat. She closed her eyes and breathed steadily, as though sleeping soundly. When the cunning cat thought his mistress asleep, he very cautiously got up, stretched himself, and yawned. Then, stepping softly, he soon began to trot along very swiftly through a wheat field. Annie followed him at a little distance. When he got out of the wheat, he went straight to the foot of the cliff, where the goose girl had disappeared, and began to climb up the side. Annie was so close now that she could see a flight of rough steps cut into the rock and leading up the side of the cliff. Annie followed the cat, climbing after him. About halfway up the cliff, she stopped, for she saw that a little weather-beaten door had been put into the rocky wall in front of her. Not far from this was a little window of just one pane of glass. Annie stood on the last and highest of the steps and knocked on the little rough door in front of her. End of chapter 12